My uh, grandson, Gates, really likes to do the grilling with Papa. He pulls up a chair and he stands on it and uh, we work our magic together. Particularly his uh, favorite part is what we have dubbed the chef's bite. That is, when the food gets close to being done, we get to try it together. And we both look forward to that. And the other day, while uh, Gates is watching the chicken cook, he uh, starts to, uh, his lip starts to pucker up, and he's almost crying. And I said, I said, Gates, what's wrong? And he said, Papa, you didn't make one for me. You put sauce on all of them. And I had ruined the food because he refuses anything that is spicy. Now, in watching my grandkids, I am amazing, amazed at how discriminating they are in the way they eat. Almost from the day they were born. It seems as though we know what we like and what we don't like. We know what we want and what we don't want. We know what, when, and how much we will eat. We're highly selective. And I know you like to eat too, and that you are a consumer. And in a minute, I have some questions for you about your eating habits. But first, I want us to go back to the Old Testament and to the book of Ezekiel for just a moment and briefly talk about the eating habits of the prophet Ezekiel. When we first encounter him in the first chapter of Ezekiel, we find him hanging out on the banks of the Kabar River. And he is sitting there and he is depressed and discouraged. For five years he'd been in exile in Babylon. And this is the year, had he been able to stay in his homeland in Israel... In, and in Jerusalem, he would have been, able, been appointed a priest, a priest in the temple. Well, he would never get to do that in Babylon. In fact, he would never see his homeland again. And uh, during these times of the pandemic, we uh, might sympathize with Ezekiel. We know what it's like for life to not go as planned, don't we? And so... What happens to Ezekiel in this situation? Though he was really down and he was depressed, he stayed open to God. And he receives a vision. And in that vision, he's called to be God's prophet. And the vision is outlined in its carefully structured section of Scripture in Ezekiel chapter 2 and Ezekiel chapter 3. And on the outer edges or outer boundaries of this section of Scripture, what we might say is the beginning, the beginning of it and the end of it, is a reference to the Spirit's power. And then inside that structure are two references to Ezekiel being commissioned by God. He is being sent. Sent by God through the power of the Spirit. And then at the very center of Ezekiel's call is an invitation. And I want us to read just a couple of verses that describe 
this invitation, and it is an invitation to be, to be one who eats, to consume the Word of God. You see, eating God's Word is at the very center of this section. Here's the center cut. And he said to me, Son of man, eat what is before you. Eat this scroll. And then go and speak to the people of Israel. So I opened my mouth, and he gave me the scroll to eat. And then he said to me, Son of man, eat this scroll I am giving you, and fill your stomach with it. And so I ate it, and it tasted as sweet as honey in my mouth. Now, Ezekiel eats, but is not asked what he wants to eat. Rather, he eats what is offered by the Lord God. And not just a bite to be polite. The text says he fills his stomach with the scroll. He stuffs himself. God's word becomes a part of him, And the word was not only a message then for him to preach, but the sermon that he would then live. Ezekiel is to ingest this word. Just eat it. Now, as weird as this vision is, did you know it's not an isolated one in the Bible? There's another prophet, we know this prophet, Jeremiah, and he willingly ate the word. In Jeremiah chapter 15 and verse 16, the Bible reads this way, when your words came, God is saying to Jeremiah, and Jeremiah describes, I ate them, and they were my joy and my heart's delight. For I bear your name, Lord God Almighty. Now, there's one more. At least one more direct reference, and there are many other inferences. In other words, to like eating the bread of life. But this direct one is found in Revelation chapter 10 and verse 9. And this is John the Apostle John on the island of Patmos. And listen to what our text says. As John, again, one who had all these visions from God, the Bible says, And I went to the angel and said, Give me the small scroll. Take it and eat it, he said, and it will make your stomach bitter, but in your mouth it will be as sweet as honey. In other words, it'll taste sweet, but sour as you digest it. Here we are in the middle of our dwell series. To dwell in the Word 
and on the Word and over the Word and let the Word dwell in us? I've got three questions for you to ask yourself this morning. The first one is this. Have I eaten something nourishing today? It's a fairly easy question. Yes or no? Like the question, did you have breakfast? Yes or no? You see, few of us starve ourselves physically, for at least for long periods of time, but have you eaten the bread of heaven? You see, we easily become indifferent to real food and real drink because there is so much popcorn and so much candy, so many M&Ms everywhere, that we have lost our appetite. And we often say, I'm not hungry. And we all know how hard it is to change our eating habits. It is extremely difficult. We know, we know what we like to eat and what we don't like, when we like to eat it, and what, where we like to eat it, for that matter. And while there are a thousand plans out there to help you get healthy, they're so hard to stick to. So we're great consumers, but yet we eat what we want and ignore and refuse what we do not like. I like chocolate. I don't like peanut butter. I like skim milk. I don't like whole milk. I like green beans. Don't get me near asparagus. We all have our selectivity. And that has made us dangerous. When we eat the word, we, like Ezekiel and Jeremiah, are to eat it without discrimination. Some of it is sweet. Some of it is sour. Some of it will be bitter. Some of it is salty. Some of it is spicy, too. But that, the simple starting point is, have I eaten something nourishing today? Not a five-course meal, not even a nice sit-down dinner, maybe just a protein bar or a protein shake for the day. The second question is this, am I di digesting what I am eating? You see, to eat the Word of God is to meditate upon it. To chew it, to swallow it, to ruminate upon it, you've got to stick with it. It's got to become more than a box to check. Now my granddaughter Sloan, she is growing out of this stage now, but for a few months when she saw a book, she didn't exactly read it or even look at it very closely. She just ate it. And for her to see is to eat. To chew the corner of another book. Now in a couple of years, she'll start to read differently and she'll read to uh, look at the words and read the words and recall the information to finish the book. Maybe even read the book to pass an exam. But that's not her goal now nor should it be your goal with God's Word. The goal right now is to ingest it, 
to internalize it, to feed yourself with it. Now, this truth is all over the Bible, but I picked just a, one verse, Psalm chapter 1 and verse 2. In the NIV, it says, The man who is blessed, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That's the idea we're after. Am I digesting what I am eating? The message translates it this way. Instead, you thrill to God's word. You chew on scripture day and night. Isaiah uses the word in Isaiah chapter 31 and verse 4, this this idea of the word to chew or to meditate, and it describes a young lion that is growling over its prey. It meditates on it. It chews on it. It's what a dog does with with a bone. He owns it. He bites it. He chews it. He slobbers over it. He buries it. He digs it back up. He growls over it. He eats it. Could we read the Bible this way? You see, spiritual reading is different from other kinds of reading. It is to become a part of us, to get inside us. It is to challenge us and change us. This is the kind of reading, or could I say eating, that God loves. This will change your life. Are you ready? When you read and you ask yourself, here's a key question. When I've read this, what can I obey today? If you'll ask that simple question, it will change the way you read and digest what you read. I was thinking about this, that a kid came to the door a few years back to uh, sell magazines. And I opened the door, and, and I didn't really want to buy a magazine. But I liked the kid, and uh, I wanted to help the, to support the cause. I, maybe it was the Webster Groves uh, band at the time. I'm not 100% sure, can't remember. But I bought the magazine, and as I leafed through, I decided on Golf Magazine. Because at the time, I was playing quite a bit of golf. And while I was playing golf, I thought reading the magazine, that made sense. One fed the other. In fact, at times, I can remember in those first few months, that I would tear out pages of the magazine. I was engaged with the material. I read about golfers. I read about golf courses and golf swings and golf shots and golf rules and golf equipment. Do you know when I stopped playing golf, though, the magazines were all over the house, readily available, but I just wasn't all that interested in them. I stopped consuming. You see, it's not reading, then playing golf, or playing golf, then reading. It's reading and playing. And if I am not playing, what's the point in reading about playing better golf? But the question, what can I obey today, makes our reading now relevant to this life 
that we are living, the life where of the game of faith and salvation and following Jesus, where the Word of God comes alive. You see, maybe even more important than the question, what does this text mean to me, is the question, what can I obey today? Oh, they're both good questions. Number three. In eating the Word of God, am I consuming the real bread, Jesus Christ? You see, the invitation from Jesus Christ, who John 1.1 describes as, in the beginning was the Word. You see, He is the Word of God. The Word of God incarnate. And so the invitation from Jesus is to consume Him. You remember that section of Scripture after Jesus feeds the 5,000 in John chapter 6? And they try to chase Him down. And He says after this very awkward and confusing exchange in John chapter 6, uh, and we can, you can read through it in detail a little bit later, but I want to read just a couple of verses. John 6, 53 through 55, it says this. Then Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you. I, how would they have heard this? How would they have taken this? Very truly I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink His blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. The quality of life with God, the relationship with God that God has promised through and extended to us through His grace. That eternal life for both now and forever offered for those who will eat His flesh and drink His blood. And then the text says, and I will raise them up at the last day. For my flesh is real food, and my blood is real drink. Now this is a difficult section of Scripture that uh, it demands our attention and our meditation. And it was a difficult section and encounter when it happened and even for us now as we read it again. It freaked so many people out that many, many from that day forward turned away from Jesus. But here, in the essence of this encounter, we are to eat the word of the living God, Jesus Christ, body and blood. In our minds, for those of us who have been believers... For some time, we think of communion. We think of the Lord's Supper. And maybe in some respects, this section is exactly a preparation for the Lord's Supper. But not only for the Lord's Supper, 
but communion as in constant communion to be nourished by the bread of life. Let me finish with this summary. Ezekiel, Jeremiah, the Apostle John, and Jesus in John's Gospel show us the way. Here might be the power statement to summarize all of this. Consume the Word so that Jesus can consume you. Consume the Word so that Jesus can consume you. Let me know if I can be of help in your faith walk, in your spiritual journey. Please let me know and contact me this week. God bless.